Welcome to Game List, episode six. Six. We so got a bonus episode now. I'm Jake. Technically, he's it's Colin. Five. We should listen. We usually get right to business. Let's do a tiny bit of housekeeping. We did a spoiler cast. Yeah. We did our first little Game List spinoff. We've done some streams and whatnot together in the past. Some Game List reacts type stuff. But uh, on our main podcast feed, we've got a spoiler reactions to. We made good on our deal. We played through Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, and it was Colin. It was great. It was, it was great. It was great. Confirmed. Uh, and we talked about the game for like two and a half hours. <laughs> Echoes of the a Eye. A lot, actually. Yeah. Outer Wilds and Echoes of the Eye. If you haven't played the game, play that first, and then you're allowed to listen. It will be our lowest rated episode of the podcast because that's such a small amount of people, but well worth it. Yeah. Worth it. But enough of that. This is a show actually, about... You said you made we made good on our deal, but I seem to remember a deal that you still haven't made good. I on. do owe you a stream. I was thinking about that before this, and we didn't even speak about it. I do owe a scary game stream. I mean, there's seven or eight, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven or Eight. It's coming. It's yeah. coming in due time. In due time. Um, but okay. this is Game List. This is a show about video games. Uh, we're ranking the games that we play throughout the year, and we do be playing games. Um, quite a few, in fact. And this month is a. Uh, is, I think it's pretty action-packed, despite not having all that many game releases. Once we get into the back half of the show, when we're talking about what's coming up in May, <laughs> it is light. It is backlog yeah. season, folks. But Yeah, absolutely. After we talk about what we've been playing, we'll update you guys all on our game list of the year, our game of the year list that we're building as we go. And then we'll talk about the headlines and video game news, the things that are coming up that you can look forward to. All that and so much more here with Jake and Colin. But let's kick things off the way that we usually kick them off. Colin, what you been playing? Um, not actually quite a bit more than I thought I would this month. Same. Um, do we want to start off with Lego Star Wars? I love I Lego Star Wars. Blah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so first off, have you finished this game? Can I pull it back even further and just ask you about... Uh, there's an age disparity. Can we disclose our ages? Have we ever done that on the show live? I don't think so, but go for it. I'm 33. How old are you? 22. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So what's your history with Lego games in general and, I guess, Lego mm. Star Wars more specifically? I played them... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. I played them on my DS when oh I was a kid. On the yeah. DS Lite. Mm -hmm. um lego star wars the complete saga was actually the first time i experienced star wars that was a good played... ds game that was a good portable port of that not a port but yes. rendition it was it was very good um and i spent a lot of time playing that and that was my main that was my main lego game for a very long time i think the mm -hmm. only other lego game that i also had was lego indiana jones which those yeah, were yeah. good too Yep, for um, sure. But Lego Star Wars was actually the way I initially experienced Star Wars. I I hadn't watched all the movies of Star Wars <laughs> until I was maybe like 15. So um, fucking cursed, dude. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Plus, like, it, I, I look back at it, and I've got a couple key memories. Uh, one is the first Star Wars movie I watched was Revenge of the Sith. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because... I know because really? listen, hear me out. My yes, my uncle burnt a disc and gave it to me 
So I watched that. And then I was like, this is really cool. I want to watch more Star Wars. That's so that's got to be the yeah. worst movie to start with. Like, oh, I mean, I know, it's a great know, Star Wars movie, but as far as like never experiencing it in before seven, eight and nine, I mean, now the yeah. worst one to start with is seven, eight or nine. But outside yeah, of that, or seven I, it's got to be starting with either two or, or three eight. has to be the worst idea. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, and then I was like, Mom, Dad, can I get a Star Wars movie? So I convinced them to buy me one Star Wars movie. And and keep in mind, my dad's a Star Wars guy. Which He's one more did you pick? Trek Return of the Jedi? Uh, the Phantom Menace. Okay, so that's the, pretty good. The Phantom Menace is the only Star Wars movie that I have ever owned. Wow. Okay? Actually, take that back. I'm, I'm gaining more memory now that I'm talking about it. But uh, So anyways, I got uh the phantom menace and i watched it maybe a hundred times um and then later on i was at a yard sale or something maybe when i was like 13 or 14 and i found a box set of the original trilogy yeah i got it and i never watched it so oh my god we are losing people are unsubscribing from this podcast they're closing the youtube video I know I have such a wild history with Star Wars, but I still adore it just as much as the next guy. Can I, um, I let me let me just like redeem this a little bit for the listeners that are like, OK, I don't know about these guys. I was introduced to Star Wars <laughs> in the 1997 theater re-releases of or it's 97, 98. They re-released with the additional you know content and whatever that George Lucas mm-hmm. has put together in preparation for the episode one that was in development at the time. Uh, they re-released, I think in sequential months, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And my dad was a big Star Wars fan, and he toted me to the movie theater once a month to go experience those movies for the first time. And this honestly kind of predates like the internet and whatnot. So I was fortunate enough to be a special oh. generation <laughs> where I was able to experience those things, not only in theaters for the first time, but in order and spoiler free. So that when I went to empire strikes back in theaters with my dad, I had the revelation of Darth Vader being Luke's fucking father. And it yeah. obviously made an impact. Huge star Wars. Yeah. Fan. Oh, I should have got my lightsaber out. I had a, when I streamed this the first night, I pulled out my lightsaber and had all the fucking <laughs> lights turned off and just illuminated it. It was a very good start to a stream. At Jake I've been Twitch looking at buying one way. recently. You gotta have one. Um, I got three. You want whoop. one? Sure. <laughs> I'll give you my address. <laughs> um, give it but, to everybody. <laughs> yeah, you get a lightsaber. You get a lightsaber. Uh, um, I so I remember watching a new Ho- hope. No. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back one night when I went on vacation and, you know, in hotels they have the TVs that are just got random channels. It was on one of the channels. So I started it like halfway through and watched it. Jesus Christ. It started on Dagobah. I remember that very clearly. Um, so I never actually watched all the Star Wars chronologically until I was maybe like 15. I got, they had like a, when did, when did uh, The Force Awakens come out? 2015? Yeah, that sounds right. It might have been 2016. 15. Yeah, so they did a re-release of the original saga then. Uh, that's the first time I watched Star Wars from start to finish. Nice. Yeah. Um, very odd history with it. But like I said, I experienced the story through the Skywalker saga. Or I'm sorry. Uh, the complete saga game. Right. Lego Star Wars game first. And uh, I've just adored it ever since. I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. I love Star Wars. Yeah, it was... 
I played on the PS2, I believe, the original Lego Star Wars that came out, which the first Lego Star Wars that came out was actually the prequel trilogy. It was just one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And then Lego Star Wars 2 was five, uh, four, five, and six. Yeah. And then the complete saga was all six of them put together, kind of enhanced and changed up. Yeah, a bit. and they had the Clone Wars game too, right? Yeah, I did. I actually have played that Lego Star Wars 3, which is also really good it's just based off of the clone wars tv series and super fun and comprehensive that's like a game lost to time right now though i'm pretty sure you can go back as far as the 360 ps3 era to play it but it doesn't exist on marketplaces outside of that right now you know i also have a very just odd memory of playing some sort of clone wars game on my ds uh that wasn't lego but i remember it's it was like republic Tano heroes or something Blue like Clune. that there was a couple shitty yeah, or like lightsaber right. battles or something like that yeah, subpar it wasn't very good from what i remember but yeah it was fun as a kid yeah yeah um, but yeah sure. all right lego star wars man lego star wars the skywalker saga it's freaking good i'll give you that um i, I sat will. through and played <laughs> yeah well i have some gripes with it but they're they're mainly surface gripes um i sat through and played it in about a about two weeks i think i would sit down and play about one episode a night because mm-hmm. they're they're nice and short you can get through it in two hours uh and it manages to actually hit all the big beats and be pretty funny it's a funny each game. episode in i two laugh. hours. yeah yeah each episode in two hours um it, it's a very funny game uh the main story is great i think mm-hmm. through and through it was very fun it kept me engaged until the very end um but i i think past the main story is where it suffers because you know we can agree that this game this game's target audience is children right Mm. um even though we love it right it's like Uh, families maybe yeah it's a family game we can call it that um but it uh it just jam packs all sorts of collectibles there's over a thousand collectibles and I have been working tirelessly on it for the past couple of weeks, and I'm only about halfway there. Yeah. It stretches think... it way too far. So it's an interesting interesting subject that you bring up, and I think that there's something to say for how it stretches things out and who it's stretching it out for. Because I've had a drastically different experience than you, and I think a lot of it comes down to... Or six, seven episodes into this fucking show, and a lot of people get that you're more of the completionist, and I'm more of, like, the casual gamer for the vast majority of things that I play. I said recently to a friend that I was talking to that I like to play a lot, a little of a lot, and a lot of a little, I think is a really good way to describe the way that I play games. Like, I am notorious for hopping into something and playing for an hour and a half, looking at you, Chrono Cross, coming up soon. Um... (laughs) Despite it being like, you know, a gigantic game and just scratching the surface. And I think what Lego Star Wars does nicely for me is that it presents its surface value in a really absorbable package. I mean, the fact that the story is obviously divvied up into nine parts and each one of those really lends itself to being just a single session makes for a really nice evening of gameplay, depending on how far you want to take it. And as somebody who really like gets overwhelmed by side quests and when there's too much to do in a big open map, I'm super turned off from the game. And this does a great job of laying those options out for you and telling you you don't need to take any of them. So for me, despite it being 
big i can't knock points off of it from having too much content because for me it's it's really like it's an all-you-can-eat buffet and i'm going up there and having a modest plate and it's an enjoyable mm -hmm. one so i really i dig the food <laughs> that's what yeah. i'm trying to say um but i understand that it definitely seems like one of those games where there's just so much going on that if you do want to complete it it's gonna be a fucking pain in the ass yeah, and it's one of those things which there's so much that if one little tiny thing bugs out, then all of my work is lost, right? Mm. Because if I can't collect one single brick, then I'm not going to get that trophy. Have you run into some technical bricks. issues like that? I have. I uh, actually on the... Now, this is pod racing mission in The Phantom Menace, the very last mm. mission. Uh, there's a collectible in that mission, a mini kit that I have completed the requirements for multiple times and it just will not give me the mini kit. Won't pop. Waiting for yeah, patch 1.2 or <laughs> pretty much. I uh, I'm just hoping for a patch that will make it pop at some point. Yeah, that's tough. Um yeah. And and since there's so many thousands of things in there, there's a thousand different things that can go wrong just collectible wise, which is a little stressful on my side um because yeah. it's like I could dump 99 hours into this game, but it might all be worthless after that 20 hour mark. Cause that one thing that bugged out. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. still a great game. I, and on that note, I want to say something that I really adore about this game mm -hmm. in the video that you played a few minutes ago, uh, in the character select or in the story select screen, there are like these little tiles that rotate that are animated. Yeah. Those yeah, yeah. are the coolest things ever though. The little animations per episode, um, it has, like the episode's theme in it. Like whenever you get on that episode, it will play that episode's theme. They're yeah. so creative and they just loop. I love them. I like. Is, I want a Lego set of just those things. It's a game that has a lot of polish and you see it in things like the that menu. A quick side note, Colin mentioned the video that I was just playing. If you're listening to this in podcast form, we do it in video form as well. If you search game list on YouTube, if you find either of yes. our channels, which is... Colleen underscore K-A-U-L-I-N-E underscore or me, Jake Twitchin, like Twitchin, Twitching without the G. Uh, you'll find the game list there and we've got a nice little overlay. You can see both of us smile and laugh and uh, we yes. play little videos and embed some visuals while you're listening, but we do a good job of verbalizing everything too. So don't worry, podcast listeners, you're not missing out on too much. You're not missing out. Also on uh, my Twitch, or I'm sorry, my YouTube doesn't have an underscore. My Twitch does. I know it's a little confusing. Fucking but... up my tags. Fucking up my tags. Yeah. YouTube. Look up Colleen. Colleen. Find it. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. But I think um, the menus are really cool. Even a step further back from that, from the individual tiles, mm -hmm. the initial menu when you load in mm -hmm. that has like the full cast of characters are all doing like a really cool loop of interactions with each other that are really, really funny. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of just like like throughout the entire game, but there's a lot of little Easter eggs to look out for little mm -hmm. interactions that happen between characters that are very cute. The game is cute. It is. And I think you said that it was it for kids. And I think I'd kind of lean more towards like it's for families because I think maybe kids could probably get through what the way that I played it and then probably not be able to get through it the way that you are playing it. You know, like some of the yeah. things, some of the puzzles, some of the collectibles would be too difficult and too overwhelming. Uh, that it would be tough for them to squeeze out of it. But as far yeah. as just progressing through the stories, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and it's I worth think, noting. Well, I, I just, I think like, I don't know. You're right in saying that me saying it's for kids is a little wrong. 
Mm -hmm. I think like the Lego part of it is, you know, more towards the kid side, but just the fact that it's Star Wars, any, any Star Wars fan is going to enjoy this. Um, so it's it that's is who a it's family for game. first and foremost is Star Wars yeah. fans. I, I mean, yeah. obviously, and that's always been the case with all the Lego games. But nonetheless, Which I think great. as far as just like a 3D action light RPG platformer puzzle solver, mm -hmm. it is a very very sound and fun video game. Tons of variety. The shooting is tight. The hand-to-hand -hand combat is very fun. Obviously, you're swinging around lightsabers, which feel satisfying and have impact. It's, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, in the world of, I mean, there's got to be, what, 30-plus LEGO games at this point? Oh, God, probably more than that, man. More than that. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it's the best one. Would you agree? Yeah, easily. It's the best Star Wars game, or I'm sorry, it's the best LEGO games have been. Um, and I, I'm excited. What's to the best see Star Wars game? Let's uh, let's run with your little misstep there. The best Star Wars game? Well, you're gonna say Battlefront Two, the original? Yeah, I think so. I might agree with you. I might say it's, it's honestly it's between that, the new Star Wars Battlefront Two game, yeah, or Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. I think Force I've Unleashed never is Couture. also up there for me. Also, never played through Force Unleashed. Really, really good, and like kind of at a time where games were getting pumped out as far as like movie-based tie-ins and stuff like that it stood apart it was like a very sound 3d action game fucking mm -hmm. super fun force powers it all just really really played as they say really really good and just just fun just fun man um i think that does it for lego game. star wars right uh one thing i will say one other gripe before I move on, just because I have this in my notes. Um, the character selection as you're playing in free play, there's enough sections. If you press left and right on the D-pad, you can pick between different like characters on your hot bar. Yep. Um, there is no way to like, at least in my game, unless there's like a glitch that's preventing it, there's no way to pick which character you want in your hot bar. It just kind of... Hmm guesses what you want up there and i have had ayla sakura in my hot bar for 30 hours and i've Doesn't been trying like to a terrible her. problem to have well yeah it's not awful i mean if she wasn't a lego form that'd be better but um it i've been trying to get anakin up there for so long and what's happened is in my hot bar there are like four jedi and then like a few random other classes. But I wish what it was is in your hotbar, it is locked to have one of each type because there's like 10 different arch archetypes in this game, kind mm -hmm. of, um, between like scavenger or uh, bounty hunter and stuff. I wish it was all locked to one type and then you could select which character of that type that you want up there. Right. So that way you could easily swap back and forth. But it's not like that. It just kind of picks whatever. And I've got like four Jedi up there. And I have to go all the way into my menu to go and pick R2-D2 whenever I need to hack open a door. Um, and I think that's Pain a mistake design-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the game that, was in the can for a long time. And then I think it, it got quite a bit of like bug fixing. Obviously, it's a big and complicated game. And I think the way that it came yeah. out is more than satisfying. It definitely needs a couple little tweaks here and there, which I'm sure they'll take care of in the near future. But overall... Oh, yeah really nice package uh you mentioned being sexually attracted to ayla sakura and while we're on the subject 
uh, another plug for Alex, the video. It's this. worth it's worth checking out Colin's fucking facial expression when I said that. Uh, Twilix, um, live action Ahsoka tendrils too long, too short, or just right? Um, I mean Rosario Dawson is beautiful, so I think they're just right. Just right. You heard it here. All right, that's a nightmare. Let's go from a let's go from one family game. <laughs> let's go from one family game to another family game. A game that's a very recent release. This has only been out like for about a week since uh, we're recording this on May sixth. A little bit after yeah. the first, and um, I think we we did you play? Have you been playing? I did. I got it. I got it nice. when I said I wasn't gonna get it. Nice. At a at a boy. Nintendo Switch Sports, which I will call Wii Sports at least three times throughout this segment. I'm also <laughs> going to call it Wii Sports. Two yeah, syllables did you play a lot of Wii Sports easier. when it was out? Oh, yeah. You were Tons approximately seven years old, so... I, I'm pretty sure I got... I got that for Christmas one year, so I, I played a ton of it. Yeah. Uh, tons of Wii Same. Sports, tons of Wii Sports Resort. Wii Sports Resort. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't play as much Perfect. Wii Sports Resort. I played a lot of uh, the original Wii Sports. The Wii Sport Wii came out the year that I was graduating high school, and... Wow. I remember the break, the the first college break where everybody kind of left and came back for like to our hometown and all reconvened. The Switch was in like peak fashion and we spent that month just grinding out games of golf and bowling and just competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Um so Nintendo Switch Sports is the spiritual successor. I mean, honestly, it's the sequel. I would it's even go sequel. as far to say to Wii Sports Resort. And what it does is it combines three classic games from the original two Wii Sports and three brand new ones. So it has bowling and tennis from Wii Sports. It has the sword fighting, which is called... Kambala. That's not right. Close, though. That's a place I'm from sure. Uncharted. I think it's like... Chambala, not not. Sh- no, I don't Shambala. think it's an L. I think it's... Ch- Ch- chakara Ch- chakra i'm pretty sure it's cham I- i'm not positive <laughs> we're gonna Hold fact on. check it we're gonna fact check it we're looking very stupid but then it has three new sports as well it is um chambra i want to say it's chambra all of a sudden chambra chambra Sh- chambra perhaps it's a Ch- i'm looking it up <laughs> uh the three new sports are badminton it's volleyball and it's soccer uh, truth be told, I haven't played soccer uh, yet, but I think I'm a fool for not doing so. Go it's, ahead. It's Chambara. Chambara. C H A M B A R A. Of course. Of course. See, I didn't know it was right, but I did know that you were wrong. Yeah. And that's what's yes. important. That is what's important. <laughs> um, um, I also you, have you played, have played everything. Yeah, I was about to say I've also played everything but soccer. Okay, let's be podcast experts and talk about what we don't know first. Because I yes. watched somebody play soccer yesterday on stream, and without the joy like the Joy-Con thing that goes into your thigh thing. that you hold, mm-hmm. there's actually a way to play it with two Joy-Cons where you move your character with a thumbstick, and then there's slight motion controls to like head the ball or kick it, and it looks actually really fun. It looks a little bit like a rocket league in some ways yeah, and it kind of has like i'm the, watching uh, it now actually it has like the zelda style sprint bar where it kind of like clocks down and you can use it to accelerate through the field it looks really cool i'm excited to play it now that i didn't realize that uh i could play it without looking like a fool alone in my office here but yeah uh, and you know I, I thought there had to be a way to play it without that leg strap since you can buy the game digitally i, I so... did buy it digitally personally i got it for 40 bucks which is a okay, nice price cool. i think i 
thought that this game was like, I thought this game was going to be $50 digitally, $60 with the strap. In fact, it's $50 with the strap, $40 digitally, which is honestly mm-hmm. the right price. doesn't feel I insulting. So. And especially for somebody who really doesn't care to do the little like leg strap thing, I think $40 walking out of there with six or seven options is a steal. It's also worth noting that this game is confirmed as having free DLC in the coming months this spring. Golf is being added from the original Wii Sports as well, which is Thank another God. big hit for me. So excited. Um, what are the what are the hits and the misses? For me, I don't love volleyball. I agree. I was just about to say that. It's slow. Volleyball. It feels a little forced. It just doesn't feel quite like it would have fit in the original Wii Sports or Wii Sports Resort, and I don't think it fits here. Yeah, and it's very difficult to get the timing right. At least I've had a hard time. Me and Allie yeah. have played it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and we're always like hitting the ball and it's going same it's going too late too fast i can't i can't get my timing right um i think this is going to go to show you that i think the new implementation of like the sports that they've added is a little lackluster and the classics Uh are in fine form because badminton is very much a lot like tennis it's Um, it's tennis (laughs) literally and i think i'd rather play tennis than badminton is what it really boils down to despite it being probably the most uh fluid of the new ones that i played all too you know long. i will say something about badminton is i found out if you press the trigger when you hit it Lob actually shot. does a drop shot yeah 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 i didn't know that mm-hmm. and i don't think it told me in the the tutorial if it even had a tutorial i'm not sure yeah it's just kind of like on the bottom right of the screen it actually has that just like static sitting there as an option for you which is cool oh see i totally missed that it's a nice option um did you bring this thing online yet no, I have not. So I did see been... where there were like online challenges and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, I think that's really like the coolest part of it. It's not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. It's the same Switch Sports that you know and love, or Wii Sports, and available online competitively with up to 16 players at once when you're playing bowling and things like that. And to have wow. that implemented into like a competitive way was so fun it made for such a cool stream on my channel like getting on there and being competitive and trying to like beat other people at sword fighting in real time added a layer to it that i didn't know was missing um highly recommended if you get the chance but what did you think of um let's go to bowling uh bowling's great as ever i i i they actually added a thing in this game that i'm not i I'm fairly. I know it wasn't in the original Wii Sports. I don't know about Wii Sports Resort, but mm-hmm. if you're playing co-op or you know with somebody else right there beside you, you can actually decide to bowl simultaneously. Um, so instead of me bowling, sitting down, Allie bowling, and then her sitting down and then swapping back and forth, we just bowl at the same time. Sure. And then once our, both of our pins are down, you know we both move on to the same next one, uh, which actually saves a lot of time when you're playing together uh it's really a, a really nice like quality of life implementation yeah uh, we played some of the challenge the challenge ones i saw um, some of this i haven't played any of those where it has like the uh obstacles in it and like the yes curves to the lane yeah it, it, i th- i think these are easier than the old challenge ones i actually think bowling in this game is easier than on the wii uh could yeah. be something to do with like the new motion tech or something along those lines but I do feel like bowling in this game is a little easier, but I, I still enjoy it just as well, much as... bowling's definitely easier because part of bowling last time on the Wii was 
you would... All right, so bowling was the main offender for people smashing their fucking TVs with Wii remotes. And the reason was is because Wii Sports and the Wii in general was such a huge step in, like, console generations because it brought home consoles into a bunch of houses, into a bunch of gamers' hands, or a bunch of people's hands that weren't necessarily gamers. It was this casual pick-up-and-play thing that was easily explained and translatable. So you could give grandma this fucking Wii remote that just felt like a... Excuse me, a standard TV remote, and oh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> a standard okay? TV remote, and you know you could follow the motion and and bowl and have a decent time. Yeah. The problem that occurred was that when you bowled, you would hold the trigger, uh, which was I think the Z button on the original Wii remote. You would hold yeah. that down to kind of grip the ball, and then as you were throwing it forward, you would release that button. And when people I were not, it. and when people were not, you know, gamers or like used to that, they couldn't separate the idea of just using that trigger finger, and A they would finger. let the whole thing slip out of their fucking hand as they released it. So for this Dude. one, they fixed the issue by saying, just hold it the whole time. You need a fucking death grip on this controller at all times in order to bowl. So that first I... couple frames that I rolled, it would be like, no, you got to hold the trigger. I was like, what? yeah, That's not how this shit works. It was confusing. That's what I was thinking. I was standing there, me and Allie were playing, and I'm like, why is it why is it mad at me every time I let go? Like, yeah. did we not always let go of the trigger on the Wii? We I was so did. confused. <laughs> uh, but that makes sense why it was so stuck in my head to let yeah. go of the trigger as I raised my arm. It's ingrained in us. Crazy. Gamers, man. Insane. No shame. Still super fun, though. Okay. So, so fun. Um, tennis? Pretty good. Just as good as it was. It, that's that I one feels. Really I think like here. fucking identical, maybe to. Yeah, the only the only thing I I complain about with the new tennis is you can't spam your racket anymore. You no, used you used to. Used to and go, yeah, like just they took that out of a lot of it too, where anymore. they don't want you to just like spaz out and waggle it uh, any longer. They yeah. definitely want you to be a little bit more deliberate because that's the same way in the sword fighting as well. Um, yeah. You kind of you can use it as like a taunt, but if you're just wiggling left and right, you're not even going to get a single hit in. Uh, it wants yeah. it wants full motion and whatever changes there are in the Switch Joy-Con compared to the Wii Remote, it recognizes when you're bullshitting it for sure. Yep. But overall, a really fucking fun package with with Nintendo Switch Sports. If you're listening to this and you're on the fence about it. I think you already know in your heart if it's for you or not. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it but it's one of those games where it's going to be $40 for the rest of time. If it's not for you yeah. right now but you like that thing, you may end up at a point in your life a year from now where you know you're gaming with friends or you're having a party where all of a sudden Wii Sports or Switch Nintendo Switch Sports makes sense for you. At that point, I say pull the fucking trigger. It does the same thing that you want it to do. Getting together in a small group and everybody bowling and having a drink or two and eating some food still fucking plays. It's it's a blast. So good. A real win. All right. Nintendo Switch Sports, baby. Let's get into... Hmm. I'm going to monologue a little bit. Let me monologue Go a little bit. Can I doze off or should I stay awake for this one? If you yawn, you know the rules on game list. <laughs> <laughs> no I might have yawned a few yawning. minutes ago and you didn't notice. And I, nice. Uh, 
if you're watching the video version, you'll see me peek over to the screen to make sure Jake is watching me. <laughs> it's our one gameless rule. I don't think we talked about it on the main show. I think we only talked about it on the spoiler cast, but I've got a real pet peeve against yawning on stream. I see streamers do it, and I see people on YouTube do it all the time. And what does it do? It makes you want to tune out. It makes you get sleepy. It makes you yawn, and that's never a good sign. We want you to stay here and listen to our little podcast. We need that And I'm a Please. chronic yawner. Please do I not just leave. yawn habitually. <laughs> so I give Colin a hard time for that. Um, all right, if you guys know me, the beginning of Game List on the first episode, we did our game of the year, and Final Fantasy Endwalker was in my top five, obviously, and it came out that I've got 1,400 hours into that fucking game. Uh, I'm proud to announce that I'm now at <clears throat> nearly 2,000 hours in the game. If you're wondering what I'm up to when I'm not streaming or doing other stuff in real life it's probably playing final fantasy um and they just got their big patch so uh, i'm going to talk about final fantasy twice tonight because part of the news tonight is an issue that they're having with this newest patch and it's it's a unique and interesting japanese video game development clinic on how to handle problems that i think is worth bringing up but i'll just give a little slight review of final fantasy 6.1 and uh for those who don't play just a kind of explain what a Final Fantasy XIV expansion kind of looks like. Um, it's a little bit different than most MMOs, I think, and it's interesting the way that they do it. And it's actually somewhat new to me because I started playing Final Fantasy in the previous expansion's lifespan. So Final Fantasy, the base game, is called Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. It's a whole thing on how they got there. There was an issue with the original game. They kind of rebuilt it. They relaunched it. And now it's this beautiful, magnificent thing. Since then, there have been a total of five, four expansions. This is the fourth one. No making faces, Colin. So there is the original Final Fantasy that you play through, and you play through the entire story of that. You then go into Heaven's Sword. You go into uh, Shadow... Nope. Stormblood. You go into Shadowbringers, then you go into Endwalker. Endwalker is the current expansion. What happens is when you buy an expansion, you get a full game's worth of story content. That game rolls credits, you enjoy yourself, and then throughout the year and a half, two years in between that expansion's release and the new expansion, you get these big patch content uh, updates. So we're now in Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, patch 6.1 and what happens when that big update comes through is the game goes down for about a day it comes back up and you've got another like probably eight to ten hours of story-based content that is not just little like read the text on the screen type of mmo side quests it's full cgi cutscenes with new music and score new dungeons to run new uh trials to fight with big bosses and raids and the whole nine yards and the new one came out and it is a 10 out of 10 it is as good as it can be it comes with not only like quality of life and little side quests like we were talking about but the amount of actual content that comes through feels more substantial than a lot of big games and there's obviously a gigantic bias when it comes to these games because anybody that's playing final fantasy 14 patch 6.1 has already put in at the very least 500 hours into this video game so we're all bound to enjoy it very very much but I think it's worth noting that this thing came out and it is an absolute banger. Some of the visuals and some of the gameplay in this thing, it doesn't get better. If you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, please leave us a review 
and tell me deliberately that you like hearing us talk about Final Fantasy fourteen because I really <laughs> want to go ahead to get into this. We need a we need a monthly segment where Jake just updates on Final Fantasy fourteen. But I'll um, leave it at that. Yeah. You know, there was a time whenever you haggled me into getting into Final Fantasy fourteen and I, I, I did try for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um problem being I just don't have enough time for it. Yeah. Um but I made this little wee boy in his underwear. Oh, a lolafell. Yeah, I bet he's hungry right now or something. He's been a He's probably all right. There's a lot of underwear. Them. Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's my I play lolafell. I play a little lolafell called Baby Boy. He's an Does adult, he stay in but his underwear? No, no, he's got all sorts of outfits. Sometimes there's it looks a like a little does Lollafell, does their like race have like dwarfism mutations to make them even smaller? I assume so in some in some fashion. They are a small Maybe race if of they people. have if they have gigantism, are they just like a normal person? Hmm. Interesting. I know what you're saying. There is a height slider when you I am I'm what they call a Tallafell, where I am the max height oh. little Lollafell. So, so the same perhaps. height as you are in real life. I'm a normal size man. <laughs> Thank you, though. I don't know. That was a guess. I've never seen you off camera, so I can't. When I, can't I started streaming, there that. was like this rumor that I was like four foot one, and not that there's anything wrong with being short, but I remember I'm, that. That's why I brought that. <laughs> that's why I made I'm five ten. I don't know. Pretty sure that's somewhere I'm, around the. Fucking... I'm five ten, guys. <laughs> I'm sure that's somewhere around I'm, the national average. I'm literally six foot. If you round up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm closer sorry. to seven feet than four feet. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On to the next. On to the next. Um, We're we usually the way that we structure this, to be honest, is typically we try to go through the stuff that came out in the last month and then get to the stuff that we've been playing that's not from this month of new releases. And in the past, we've pretty much kind of had like an even split where we alternate from person to person and game to game. But I think I have a little bit more of a wide variety of stuff that I've played so far. So I think uh, we'll let that kind of continue if you're all right with it. Yeah, go and for we'll it. Just, go for it. We'll, we'll stay with our JRPGs and we'll just hop into Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Um, oh, Chrono Trigger update? You fall off, uh, The update is I plugged up my PS Vita yesterday to charge it. Ooh. Ooh. He's thinking about I- it. <laughs> I I'm going on vacation soon. I plan to play it then. Nice, nice for sure. Yeah. Um, that's actually interesting because I'm going on vacation soon and I'm planning to play more of Chrono Cross. I played the opening hour and a half, which I got about to the point that I've ever gotten in Chrono Cross. Uh, not far. I'm a huge Chrono Trigger fan. Uh, again, we've talked about Chrono Trigger in depth on this, and Chrono Cross is a slightly more complicated sequel to Chrono Trigger. That's for sure, and. I have really enjoyed, I think that the Radical Dreamers edition does just enough to make it uh, a nice package worth picking up. First of all, it takes Chrono Cross from being trapped in time. The last place that you could play that legitimately was on the PS3 via like the PlayStation 1 downloadable selection of games where you could buy it individually. And since then, it's been unobtainable for about a decade. So it's nice to have a package in which you can buy it. But I figured at this point, this game has been out for 15, 20 years, 20 two years and um you don't need to go into in depth into like what the game is it's a old school jrpg 3d came out in the ps1 era we can instead kind of focus on the improvements that they make in this package 
And the best way to equate it is if anybody played the remaster of Final Fantasy VIII from a couple years back, that's essentially what this package is, where it kind of uses like AI upscaling, I believe, on the back end to sort of improve the background visuals, not that much. It has new models for the main characters and some NPCs. And then the vast majority of the game is exactly the way that you remembered it. There's like a single piece of new music. Everything is just kind of has that extra coat of paint on it. But it, this is not a Final Fantasy VII remake type situation. This is a Final Fantasy VIII remastered type of situation. It has some of those quality of life features that you'd expect from like modern JRPGs appearing on new consoles where you can fast forward the battles to have things move along a little bit quicker. There's some cheat type of things that you can enter. You have the option to toggle on and off a lot of the new features so you could play it in its more traditional form or you can enjoy it the way that they're offering it to you today. And then it also has the auto battle option where if your characters are leveled up, you can kind of just send them out on their own and it'll just rapidly attack whatever enemy makes sense for the AI. So those convenience features in there mixed with uh, those little graphical updates think it's a nice fucking package for 1999 i'll tell you that much you know i as you know i bought this on like a oh your gamestop error sale yeah the gamestop error sale and they ended up canceling it um Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i'll wait i'll pick it up at some point when i'm ready to play it after i finish chrono trigger um yeah but when it came out i'll be honest it really turned me off that this thing runs at like 20 frames a second um it's one of those there's sure. no reason that this game shouldn't run at 60 frames on every console it's on. And I know it's not that big of a deal. It's just a JRPG. But it's it's already going to be clunky playing it as a PS1 JRPG. Just give me the 60 frames. Like, it's not... I don't know. I would say it's not that hard. It's tough. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not a technical wizard when it comes to how these games are made. And I'm pretty sure you could yeah. get this thing to 60 frames by playing it on fast-forward three times mode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think, think that's how it works. <laughs> I think the I think the issue is just like it would require a lot more work. You would end up with a game that looked slightly better for a lot more money and it wouldn't have that same impact. I think it all comes See, down to sort of that give and take of like how much juice we put into this so that people are still willing to squeeze out of it. And the thing is, I watched a digital foundry breakdown on it mm-hmm. and it actually runs worse than the PS1 version of it. It is. It has less frames than the PS1 version. Yeah. And I don't want to be the guy that whines about frames all the time because I used to hate people like that. So but the, the PS5 spoiled me with 60 frames, I will admit. I get it. Um, I get it for sure. But I think when yeah. it comes down to it, when you're playing like a classic JRPG like this, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and yeah, I, I also think it's a lot like watching, I mean, an older movie or like a something that was recorded in full screen where it has those little black bars on the left and right of the screen where you know it's jarring i guess for a moment or two but once you're in the mix and you've been playing it for a half hour it's no problem at all Mm -hmm. no problem yeah i totally just cut out there for a second yeah i saw that we'll continue on like nothing else happened um and now that you're back in incredible quality let's move let's move over to vampire the masquerade blood hunt Blood Hunt. Dude, uh, what a... I know jack shit about this outside of, like, the 30 minutes of your stream that I caught. So, it is a Battle Royale game, naturally. 
everything's battle royale game nowadays. Um, I think a lot of people were it, saying we we need a new battle royale. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure they said that recently. Um, but it uh it's it's okay. I've only played it alone. It actually has a lot of like progression systems that I think are pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. and the platinum looks fairly simple on it. But I will tell you, man, the 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 gun the gunplay is not very fun. I don't think. Uh, the gunplay kind of feels like. I mean, it feels very subpar. If you look at like Fortnite or something, where the gunplay is really fun, like it's got good gunplay. Uh, it, it's just weird. It almost feels like it could be a mobile game. Uh, mm. It's pretty. I'm not saying that it's ugly. It's not a mobile, mobile game, right? Game. It doesn't have a mobile. No, game. I don't think so. It's just console, PC, whatever. It's it's free to play. It's cross platform. Um, and I, I think it would be a lot more fun with friends because each of the vampires has very cool powers. Like they have really cool like powers and stuff it's very similar like once you load up into a game similar drafting sort of to apex legends okay. um and how you pick your characters in order and whatnot so their characters not classes it's like a guy named you know yeah dracula I can't well kind of, of i mean they, names. they're they're like uh the brute right, right. And you can like okay. customize your brute to look however you want um but the brute has different powers than everyone else um there are like subclasses that have like the same like passive or something or yeah. like the same like long jump um but it's a it's just a very mediocre battle royale game it's worth yeah. checking out if you're wanting to try something new it's free so it's not like you're gonna dump any money into it uh there are microtransactions for uh skins and stuff i think of course of course uh yeah naturally. games as a service but maybe. yeah yeah, I know. I can't wait. Do you think they're gonna add uh like a a Master Chief skin in there soon? I hope. To what? A vampire Master Chief. Vampire? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. He's in Fortnite. He could be anywhere. <laughs> uh, more yeah. importantly, do you think they're gonna add a fucking battle royale to Halo Infinite? Can we talk yeah, about Halo, on a little mini spot on Halo Infinite? That game is a fucking mess right now. Oh, it's terrible. I played it the other night and I had no fun at all. Did season two start? Yeah. Oh god, they have fumbled Started the ball third, on that. They had a strong start ish as far as like the multiplayer component goes, but you can't have a fucking game as a service that has a season that's six months long. It doesn't yeah, work like season that. Season two should have hit in March. Easy, yeah. like at the latest. For sure. If I mean it's, even that's being generous, I think. It needed another year in the oven even. Yeah. I mean, and that's already it got an extra year in the oven. Um but that it's it's tough to see because the bones on Halo Infinite are good. We talked about that on the very first episode in our Game of the Years, and it is unfortunate to see. Now there's even reports of it fucking <laughs> perhaps not being the 10-year plan that they expected and maybe having another Halo it come out in be. a few years. They should bail on it, honestly. 343 needs to be... Uh, I, I, I hate to be critical of like full game development teams and stuff, and I'm sure there's talented people that work on that team, and maybe it's mismanagement up at the top of 343 or too much interference from Microsoft Daddy over at the top, but take it away. Take you know what I now. want? Dissolve if you need to. I want, um, I want a different team to take on Halo multiplayer, and I want 343 to just keep going on with the story. Have I think two separate the, games. I think it's the other Halo way around because that Halo campaign was like good-ish, but let's let's if we call a spade a spade here, you're in the minority of people that really enjoyed Halo Four and Five. Yes, and then yeah, Halo absolutely. Infinite is like 
somewhat promising, but clearly the time that they spent on the Halo Infinite campaign took away from the multiplayer package and you yeah. can't you can't invest the amount of money and time that you invest into that Halo Infinite or Halo 4 or Halo 5 and have it only be the campaign. And 343 yeah. has shown that they do have like signs of decency when it comes to developing like online multiplayer shooting and like mechanics. Again, the game feels good. It's fun to shoot the sniper rifle and to melee your opponents and stuff like that. But if they want to continue and be able to keep on living, they need to fucking buckle down. Yeah, I'm I'm a little mad at them still because I spent two games that I loved building up a mm -hmm. wonderful story, and then they just kind of like said, uh, "Yeah, we are going to bail on this and just kind of skip forward and pretend like yeah. it didn't happen." I'm like, oh. "Why do you okay. do this?" But yeah, Halo's in a rough spot right now. Sorry, For sure. guys. Um, any closing thoughts on Vampire: The Masquerade? Kind of. Uh, download it, play a couple matches, see if it's for you, and if not, low delete it. low investment, not that yeah. big of a deal. Um, I played some Rogue Legacy 2. Hmm. You know anything about this? Rogue Legacy 1 was like the the, the birth of roguelikes, right? For yeah, the most part. Like a little bit. Really it, was, it was like it's coming out party, that's for sure. Like it really, I think, put them on the map. And I think the fact that it had like such an on-the-nose name, it's often associated with it. I'm not sure the complete history of roguelites, roguelikes. I also don't yeah, know exactly even. the difference between them. I know one of them is a little bit more intense than the other, and the other one is... Yeah, I have no idea. Let's you carry some shit over. And this is one of those carry some shit over ones. I think a light. Um, so Rogue Legacy 2 is a game that is interesting. At the beginning of the pandemic, this game came out in 2020 in early access. And I actually played it for like an hour and a half. I bought it for 20 bucks and I played it in early access. And I remember thinking, I was like, that's really good. I'm going to check this out as it grows. And I didn't at all. So I think maybe I have an interesting frame of reference here in that I played the first playable public version of it and then didn't touch it for a year and a half, basically. I think it was September of 2020 that I played it. And then I installed the update and reinstalled it on my computer for the first time just you know days ago at the end of april and let me tell you playing it for the first time back in 2020 similar to what we were just talking about with halo i said okay this has got some good bones to it like i can see this being a really good time and the amount of content that they packed into it in this fucking year and a half before releasing it into version 1.0 is absolutely insane this game is spoiler alert on my top 10 of the year and i don't think it's going to come off of it uh it is wow it is maybe the best mm, i guess like when you think about like 2d roguelikes the only other one that i really like have a soft spot for is dead cells and this blows that out of the fucking water it is so smooth it's a 2d side scroller the hook to the game is that you start the game and you play as this knight really standard really basic you've got a sword you've got a shield you're going left to right on the screen you're exploring a castle that's kind of set up randomly generated like a castlevania game going into doors solving puzzles doing little challenges uh collecting items getting gold the whole nine yards and when you die the game ends and you start again but instead of starting again as the same night you play as the heir to your previous character so your son will be, you know, your son or daughter basically will be one of three characters that you can choose from a set of things that involve some of the stuff that you had as a character class the time before, but it could be a completely different class. And as you continue on, you start with just like, you know, you have the knight or the archer. And by the end of this thing, you've got like 
the wizard and the monk and all these different things that you're unlocking as you go. I haven't even scratched the surface of what's available. I think there's like dozens of classes that are available to you as well. Each of them have these different really cool perks to them too. Some of them are really standard, like this guy finds 10% more gold when you open chests. This guy can find chests that are on the map without seeing them. All the way to like the absurd where you'll find somebody that has like excessive flatulence well they're they'll fart periodically and that little burst of gas will harm enemies in your area uh you can find one with ooh fuck i can't remember the name but the thing where you see sounds so anything that makes a sound creates this splash of color on the screen that complicates things for you and then you know you're doing all your standard roguelike things so the money that you collect on your run you bring back to the home base you give to your air your air can then spend that before he enters the next level and that can increase you know the upgrades to your swords or the items when you find them just really really solid gameplay and it is so fucking tight everything that you do feels incredibly crisp and really really polished it seems like they spent their time in the uh the oven there really making sure that this thing was polished to an immaculate shine that's for sure i'm i'm looking through like some screenshots right now and i really like the art style it's very clean looking yeah i like the yeah. nice crisp edges the black outlines on everything yep it's got a nice like uh i guess kind of fucking hand-drawn ish uh look to it and yeah. it is just it plays better than it even looks to be quite honest um it's, yeah. I think, $25 now that it's in 1.0, and then it is on sale right now on Steam for 20% off, so you can get it for 20 bucks again. And I nice. truly can't recommend it enough. If you like 2D platformer action hack-and-slash games, if you like roguelikes or roguelites at all, it is a absolute no-brainer. Really just fantastic video game. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Not so bad. I think that concludes everything that's kind of a new release um i played mario golf 64 it came out on the virtual console or the nintendo classics app whatever they have for the expansion pass for the nintendo switch and let me tell you game doesn't quite hold up as well as i thought it might uh i think when i think of mario golf like classically in my head i'm thinking more of toadstool tour than mario golf 64. it's a funky video game it's the only Nintendo sports game, I believe, where you start off without Mario. You start off with four characters, and your options are like Peach or Baby Mario, I'm pretty sure. And the other two characters are complete, like, no-name, just like golfers that they made for this video game. And you have to unlock Mario through a series of events, and it's just missing some of the quality of life features that you'd expect to be there. Um, but, you know, worth a shot. Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought, uh, it was like the Nintendo 64 and like Mario 64 and stuff like that because it came out in 1964. <laughs> I, I used to think that's what that meant. <laughs> I was like, my God, these oh, are old games. Fuck. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to talk about your favorite thing in the world? Yes. Oh, Hell my let God. loose. Uh, so I got back into it recently. That was, Wait, it was in, first. Uh, like can you just like spoil spoil our listeners with like? Don't you have like an accolade for this game? Aren't you like? Uh, aren't you like? Oh, I I mean I have the platinum in the Hell for Let it. Loose community or something. I have the platinum for it. Only four hundred something people. Wait, what? No, what aren't you it? like on like the leaderboards, like top one thousand or something like that? Oh, am I? I don't know. Are you not? I feel like I was hearing you talk about that recently. I think. I think uh, it might have been the platinum stat. What's that? I think it might have been the platinum. 
What's the? What's I don't the think deal? I'm. Oh, there's only 400 people with the platinum. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a pretty exclusive so, um, club. Yeah, yeah. I have. I, I'm the 422nd person that gets platinum in this game. 422, I think bro. Might be what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it's not 420. God, should have been done it faster. Um, but yeah, Hell at Loose is you know we talked about it before. It's yeah, it's a military like a World War II milsim. Um, it's super fun. It, I mean, it is if you're looking for a game that's different than Call of Duty because you're tired of Call of Duty, you're tired of Battlefield. Play Hell at Loose. It's slow. It's thoughtful. You have to think about what you're doing, um, and it's it's very uh, it's just a nice kickback and relaxing. Hey, Call game. of Duty fans, is, can we interest you in a game that's slow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what a I sell. mean, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's different, man. And lots of people that I talk to on the game because you know it's very team based. You you pull up your mic and you chat with everyone. Chat with your officer. Your officer chats with the other officers and the commander, and you guys set up like flanking positions and whatnot. Yeah. So there's a whole communications like network, right? Um, but a lot of people that I've talked to in the game are like, "Yeah, I'm just getting tired of Call of Duty, and I got this game for free, and I have fallen in love with this game because it's it's slow, and you have to think about what you're doing, and it's not just some kid running in with double shotguns and the latest meta on TikTok." Um, and it's just one of my Your metas on TikTok. I need to get on TikTok. Yeah, man. well, people post metas on like TikTok and stuff, um, and then little kids just like go and run it and ruin people's day. Yeah. Um, okay. But it is it is one of the best games, best shooters I've ever played, and I adore it. I've spent a hundred something hours in it, and I I still play it even though I got the platinum on it. I'll play a game or two uh, every other day or so. Um, and it's just a very tactical shooter, a tactical team-based milsim. Um, and I think everyone should try it out because there are just moments that can happen in this game um, that are insane. And I can't sing its praises enough. I got it for free and I still bought a physical copy just to have one. So I know that sounds impressive, but this guy does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, can I alley you another one? You alright with that? Yep. Crusader you gotta do Kings. The motion. You gotta... <gasps> Crusader Kings three. Crusader Kings three. This is a story simulator kind of. Yeah. I don't really know how to explain it. It's imagine. Okay, this is how I pitched it to Jake. Imagine Risk mixed with Game of Thrones, mixed with uh the requirement of at least a PhD to play it and understand it because there's <laughs> so much going on in this game. I think uh, it is. It's a tough, mm -hmm. it's a tough sell for me. I think it's a little too, a little too much going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of text that you have to read. There's like a three hour tutorial and you still don't understand it. Um, but I tell you, man, this game, some of the weirdest stuff can happen. Um, it, it's yeah. really one that you kind of have to like look and watch gameplay of it to quite understand it. Cause it's, you're looking at a map, you know, you're not on the ground fighting or anything. You're looking at a map, you're managing your settlements, you're, you're doing, uh, like diplomatic in interactions with other people to try to become the king, whatnot. So I started in Ireland in just a little duchy and I've worked my way up to become the king of Ireland. I I've conquered all the lands in Ireland and now I'm their king. Um, and it's a little more complicated because you have to have a title to a land to claim war on it. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you have to like fabricate claims and stuff uh, and all sorts of stuff. But since it's kind of hard to explain, I'm just going to tell you guys one little story that happened for me, right? So, yeah, so I think that's I'm a good working, way to go about it. Yeah, I'm working on claiming Ireland. And, you know, the best way to get a claim is to kind of sell, sell, that's the rather wrong word, marry off your daughters uh, to people that have betrothes, claims to lands. Yeah, betrothed, and you got you to gotta make alliances and whatnot. So I ended up marrying off all my daughters to everyone in Ireland. And at one point I realized, oh, God, Ireland is becoming inbred. Um, so everyone in Ireland begins to inbreed. Um, and I'm like, how do I solve this? So I work on solving it by marrying people out in other areas and whatnot. Um, while, you know, people in Ireland should cool it with the incest. Um, so I, I finally figure out how to get people to stop inbreeding. Uh, and I finally, <laughs> con- I, I conquer all of Ireland. And then my son walks up to me and he says, Hey, Dad, I think I'm sick. And he's got smallpox, right? Or smallpox or the bubonic... uh, I don't remember what it was. I think it was smallpox. So my entire kingdom is outbreaking in smallpox. People are dying left and right. My heirs are dying. I almost died with smallpox, and they had to, like, rip, tear off my face and cover it with a metal mask. It's just super weird things that can happen in this game. Yeah, I it's, think it's insane. It's like mostly about those stories too. Like you're obviously making decisions and things like that, but it's more of these like conundrums that you work yourself into and yeah. you have to kind of navigate your way out of. It's weird. Yeah. And and it's then one unique. time the pope the pope recruited me for a holy war and I was like, "Let's go, pope. Let's go." So we started the holy war and just this super like cinematic music starts playing and you just see a mass migration of like 10,000, 100,000 soldiers just migrating to the Holy Land and waging war. and It's just hilarious. It's a great game. And then Wild. a lot of people, when they don't migrate to the Holy War, they they refuse and they just give the Pope money. Um, and then they're like, okay, all the troops are gone. Let's wage war on our neighbors and take their land while their troops are gone. So <laughs> it's just really fun, cool stuff like that. Crazy. And I think the best sort of transition that I can do here is that if you think you think Colleen doesn't play a variety of games, we're gonna switch right now from Crusader Kings to Fortnite Zero Build. Fortnite. Keen listeners will remember him tooling on me last month for playing Fortnite Zero Build, and guess who's here to talk about it this month? You want to know what's even worse is I've played it a lot more than you have since. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I. As of today, I'm level 90 in the Battle Pass. Oh, my God. He's um, going for it. He's going for it. It's fun. It it's is fun, fun without building. It's fun. Like, I didn't realize how much it was just the building that made me hate the game. I know. Um, There are all sorts of quests that you can do. I do all, like, the daily quests and, like, the season quests and whatnot. Um, and I don't even really bother with fighting people for the most part. Like... The last game that I played today, I only picked up heal items so that whoever killed me would have a bunch of heals. Um, 
and I'll I'll just run around doing quests, just minding my own business, fishing. And if people start shooting at me, I'll just kind of crouch and hope that they stop shooting. And if they don't, then I'll just start the next game and do another quest. It's a bizarre it's just, way to do it. <laughs> it's fun. And I, I bought a Moon Knight skin because I love Moon Knight. And yeah, that's the best part, man. You can be so many yeah, different Hollywood hunks. Dude, they, they released a Scarlet Witch skin today that looks so cool. I, uh, I, I kind of want to buy it. You have I to ask mom for some V-Bucks. Hey, mom. <laughs> can I have some V-Bucks? It's All so right. fun. It's definitely worth playing. To move on, I've got Colleen on a streak of three that I haven't played or haven't played recently, but I've got one that we've both played that I played for the first time. You cool to talk about a short hike? Let's do it. All right. So I played this little game on, I think I've heard a couple people recommend it. I know Colleen's recommended it to me before. And mm -hmm. I think this is one of the coolest little video games I've played in so long. It's so sweet. It's so nice. And it's such, an perfect, such a perfect title for it because this is just a game about a short hike. And it's a really interesting isometric view 3D platformer at its core. You're on like a small little island and your goal is, you know, for better or worse, get to the top of the island, climb the mountain, hike to the top. And the way you do that is by accomplishing different tasks on the island and collecting feathers so that your little bird man can fly a little higher. It controls in a weird way, a lot like Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think, in that you have like a stamina meter with how you're flying and how you can ascend. And it requires a decent amount to get to the top, but I think the game itself can be burnt through. I'm pretty sure I might be the speedrun record holder because I, you guys know how I play games. I think I kind of ruined this game for myself, despite li like loving it. I should have spent more time in it. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like following the main path and it was like, collect seven feathers. And I did very quickly. And then it was like, no man, you need like 10. And I said, okay, I can do that. And I found 10 and then I got to the top of the mountain and then the game was over. And I rolled credits mm -hmm. on it, and I quit, and I looked, and I was at fucking 45 minutes. I beat this game in 45 minutes. 45 minutes? I think it was 45. I'm going to bring up Steam right now and tell you exactly how much time I spent in it. Uh, That's crazy. Is it under A, or is it under short? I'm going to say under short, A. A short hike. Short. I played it by playtime, including watching credits and going to the main menu and probably pausing to go to the bathroom. It's 49 minutes. And wow. I rolled credits. Wow. <laughs> Wow. You can obviously get a little bit more out of it than I did, but I would recommend doing so at the very least. It was really cool, and it told a sweet little story, too. It was actually really nice and heartwarming. I think I ended up playing it for maybe five, six hours. I it guess seems more reasonable. It, so that oh, yeah. took a little bit. Who would have yeah, thought? naturally, naturally. I need, like, a uh, soundboard for this podcast so that every time, every time Colleen says the word platinum, I can go, like, platinum. <laughs> or play the yeah, platinum like, sound yeah. I need a soundboard so every time you reference Breath of the Wild I can just tell you to stop <laughs> listen, listen man it's twice this game, podcast already. when a game has influence you gotta do it you gotta, you gotta bring it it's up it's literally just the stamina too. meter it's yeah. <laughs> everything yeah, has had right. a stamina meter since the beginning of time but just because you listen, see it go down I think, in a fun I think way, if you it's... look at the history books plenty of people have equated a short hike to Breath of the Wild Sure. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. You're right. <laughs> You're right. We all have our things. Um, but yeah, sweet little game. Um, speaking of things that Colleen got into after I told him to, we had Freight Train on last time. We were both singing the praises of Vampire yeah. Survivors. 
and you uh you went for it uh well actually freight train forced me into it he gifted it to me live on stream and i felt bad to not play it <laughs> uh so i played it for oh no, i'm pulling up right now i played it for 20 minutes <laughs> oh okay yeah i it's not for me hey that's all right we'll move on i i liked yeah. it we talked about it at length last time um yeah, not for me that pretty much does it i have echoes of the eye here as things that we technically played in the last month because we did complete the game on stream that archive is still available on colleen's twitch channel k-a-u-l-i-n-e underscore um is it really? spoiler free spoiler free though uh if you're not going back and listening to the individual podcast let me tell you this game is a fucking winner and the way that we played it putting kind of two heads together while one person had the sticks was an absolute blast but um at this point, we've talked about Outer Wilds ad nauseum, so we'll let you guys slide, and we'll move in to the big headlines, and let me tell you what we're getting started with. <laughs> uh, also, bad news, uh, it is no longer on my channel. It has God timed it. out. Oh, you guess, guess you gotta play it and then listen to our podcast. All Sorry, right. guys. Video game news, and we're starting with, if you're not watching right now, I'm slowly ascending in my chair. So I can reveal my Kingdom Hearts shirt. He's being propelled by farts. <laughs> it's not farts. It's, you would have heard them. My mic is very <laughs> sensitive. We're starting with Kingdom Hearts 4, baby. Simple and clean is the way that you're making you make me, feel me feel tonight. Tonight. It's hot. I don't, I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> Should we just like uh, edit the break there and we'll just kind of continue through? So Kingdom Hearts 4 has been announced. <laughs> <laughs> this is all in. Uh, fuck it. I'm leaving that part in. We're yeah. live. We're live now. Back in action. Truth be told, audio listeners and video listeners, if you saw that little cut, there was a break. Sometimes we take a quick little break while we're recording. I had to go take but a pee break. You got to do it. Bio, baby. Um, Listen, I, I know I've talked about it on stream at length but i don't think i've talked about it that much on this podcast about how much of a fucking kingdom hearts fan i am i think it's trickled through about like my streaming history and playing through the initial kingdom hearts games and maybe we talked a little bit about excitement for kingdom hearts 4 and like you know uh, finally another kingdom hearts but listen it happened it happened and i am over the moon immediately my most anticipated game that exists even before its announcement it was my most anticipated game whatever is next for kingdom hearts is what i'm excited for um, at the end, at the beginning of the month, beginning of last month, beginning of April, there was a Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary event, and nobody knew exactly what to expect, hopefully an announcement, but it was all kind of set up in a weird way, where if initially when they announced the event, they said it wasn't going to be live-streamed, which it wasn't. It was actually done behind closed doors in Japan, and... It started off as like a bit of like an art gallery and a retrospective. It was all like in a, a real life type situation where you could go in and enjoy this exhibit. And then it ended with a behind closed doors finale where there would be like a developer interview and then they would have some, what it turned out to be footage of some new Kingdom Hearts games. And the way that it all unfolded on Twitter was really, really interesting. It all happened in Tokyo time. So it was happening from like 2 a.m. here until about 6 a.m. here. And they had this like weird security measure where they had like cell phone signal jammers for the actual event so that when this game was being announced, 
Nobody was able to tweet about it. Nobody knew what was happening inside this room as they revealed the trailer. And then at the same time that the event let out, they put the trailer up on YouTube, the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary. Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary announcement trailer. It's a seven or eight minute trailer that included um, two new-ish games where one of them is like the finale of the Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road or something like that. It's a mobile game that's kind of already canceled, but is getting like a finale. And then a new game called Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, which is going to be a new mobile game, which again, doesn't, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's probably going to be another gotcha cash grab. But at the end of this trailer, it cuts to something called the last, the lost master arc. And it has this little, uh, it's a little number. Kingdom Hearts 4 is officially revealed to the world. And let me tell you, the world has gone fucking crazy. Because not only does it have a hyper-realistic Sora running around Shibuya, but it also subtly indicates that we might be getting Star Wars tied into Kingdom Hearts. Um, I was about to ask if you thought that was Endor. I do think it's Endor. So at the very beginning of the trailer, there's these quick flashes of a forest world. And in the top right corner of one of the frames that it shows while it's panning, there's what appears to be an ATST foot. Um, you know, it's a stretch, but it's the kind of thing that Disney would leave in there to have people having the exact conversation that we're having right now to theorize before blowing the roof off of it. I don't think it's something that would slip past accidentally. It feels like a feels like a bit of a plant, but this thing is looking so good. I think it's running on Unreal Engine 4. It might be ported to 5 by the time we actually get gameplay. It's worth noting it's the the key that they used was that this is magic in the making so this wasn't like a hey kingdom hearts is going to be here next year or anything it's hey kingdom hearts 4 is in development and it's kingdom hearts 4 in earnest numbered numbered and everything has a logo and all uh really really exciting it shows um some pretty different things versus what we expect from the Kingdom Hearts universe. The first three have been pretty consistent as far as graphical style, and this one takes a more realistic approach. It also has a teaser at the end without getting into like Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers and where the story stands. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are separated from each other. Donald and Goofy are together. Sora is in a different world or universe or something along those lines. Uh, and it does have Donald and Goofy back in action with presumably Hades there at the very end. Um, it's a trailer that has kind of more questions than answers, but I think the coolest part about it is that not only was this an announcement trailer with a bunch of actual, like, CGI cutscene, there was fucking gameplay in this. This thing is further mm -hmm. along in development than I think a lot of people expected. So it feels like the 15-year gap that we had in between 2 and 3 will not be nearly as long between 3 and 4 here, which is just beyond exciting. I, I couldn't be more thrilled, to be quite honest. Um, Colleen, you have... So no interest yeah, in Kingdom Hearts. Not not a not a Kingdom Hearts guy, but I did look up the picture of the ATST foot because mm -hmm. I didn't notice that. I I saw the trees and everything, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that totally looks like ATST foot. I'm looking at pictures of ATSTs right now. Uh, it looks like the backside of an ATST foot. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a a pretty good guess. If you look at like the first two Kingdom Hearts games, both came out within like a couple of years of each other and it was all the standard Disney fare. And then Kingdom Hearts 3 peppered in the Pixar universes was their big claim to fame. So you were running through like the Monsters Inc. factory and the Toy Story world and Pizza Planet and all that kind of stuff. And Pirates. Pirates has been in all three of them, in fact. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Pirates has been in two and two and three. 
Um, oh, I didn't know that. Never mind. Yeah, really, really cool. And then um, now I think it would be the next logical step, and I'm not sure if it's just Star Wars. I think Marvel would make sense for this as well. I'm not sure how that will all work out, but interesting to see what's next and just so fun to have this in my head. I'm beyond excited that we're getting new Kingdom Hearts, baby. It's all fucking yeah, happening. That's uh, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you for that. Now, yeah. now we just have to hope for a Cy Cooper. <laughs> Cy I know, Cooper, I know. Man. We're all we're all fishing our wishes. Maybe this is the year. It feels that right. was my obligatory Cy Cooper mention. This that's podcast, right. Yeah, so. we've been off of it. You'll have you another know. opportunity when we look at games that are coming out next month because I'm going to recommend something to you based off of Sly Cooper interest, but. We can move oh, on yeah, from Kingdom Hearts. I'll spare you all. Uh, there's not, uh, truthfully, there's not that many details about the game out outside of the trailer, yeah. so it's worth looking at the trailer. If you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you're in. If you're not, you're out. I don't think this is going to sell anybody on it. It's in, it's possible that maybe it brings over Star Wars fans, depending on the implementation there and how they market it. Yeah. But I think it's uh, I think it's an exciting time to be a Kingdom Hearts fan. That's for sure. Let's get into some more interesting developments. Remedy, the busiest fucking video game company on planet Earth. Yeah, it's kind of insane, isn't it? Dipping their feet into Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes. Not remasters. Remakes. They're very clear about that messaging. Max Payne came out in like 2000 to 2002, I want to say. I will say. Do you know why Max Payne is famous? Because you could jump and shoot. It was 2001, by the way. 2001, um, nailed it. You could jump and shoot. Jump and, and shoot? Any Anything more specific? Um, it's... Are you trying to look it up right now? No, I, I was just looking at a Max Payne release date. Max Payne I have was no the idea. first video game implementation of Bullet Time. Okay, can you explain Bullet Time to me? Bullet Time is... That. What does it mean? Bullet time is something you've experienced so many fucking times in video games. It's is it like not even necessarily, yeah, somewhat. It's not even like necessarily like tied to bullets anymore because like Uncharted does it a lot when like things will have like a context sensitive like you hit X to jump and it kind of goes slow motion and you have to press square like an active time uh... thing. But bullet time in Max Payne in the first implementation in video games was when you were ducking behind cover and you would like jump left out the time would slow down and you could aim in slow motion and send those things flying so that was the first that's why max Payne made such a big splash and especially like max Payne one and two max Payne two got pumped out like the year after max Payne one and i think it's a drastically lesser project that doesn't uh reinvent the wheel that max Payne did but max Payne one being like a, a big a big deal back in the day is completely warranted to have its spot in the have its time in the spotlight because it really did do some things for video games that I think uh, obviously case in point is a little bit lost on a generation for something that seems to be such a standard in video games these days and has been done better since all things considered um, was a fucking pioneer in what we know as like third person action games today especially shooters. Dude. These games actually look super good for the time too. They were so they were so much fun. And they were super fucking like dark. It was like a noir mystery crime. Yeah. Just story. the graphics look really good. Yeah, it, it checked out. And it was like in a it was in a post GTA world. It had the Rockstar branding on it, so everyone kinda knew it was gonna be this gritty kind of gruesome tale where they wouldn't yeah. be pulling punches as far as themes go and like 
the original hook for Max Payne was like this guy's like fucking wife and kid got murdered and he's on like a revenge trying to figure out who did it. it it's I mean I haven't played it in 25 years John Wick? at this point. Yeah, something like that. Uh, preceded that for sure. But I mean it's been 20 years since I've really played these games, but they're they were really really good back in the day. And Max Payne 3 is a whole different conversation. I'm going to play that game soon. It's backlog season. I want to play it again. Mm. I'm Very excited true. to do so. But what do you yeah. know about these uh, remakes and what do you know about Remedy fucking the amount of stuff they have in the work right now? Uh, so Remedy, you know, they're known for Alan Wake, naturally. Quantum Break, kind of mm-hmm. rhymes. Um, Control, mm-hmm. most recently. And then they had Alan Wake Remastered here recently, which, uh, keep in mind, Remastered versus Remake. Remastered was just like an up-res of the original Alan Wake. They also patched out some, like, promotional material uh, that they had in there. Um so they're very clear about the remake uh, messaging on this. So it's going to be like a ground-up remake. Yeah. Uh, so from my understanding, Remedy is working on Max Payne 1 and 2 remake. Uh, it seems like they're going to come together. like Yeah, yeah, it's a single package. Together, like a single package, yeah. Yep. They're working on Alan Wake 2, which was revealed at the Game Awards last year, which right. I was at. Um, humble brag this show brought to you by Jeff Keighley friend of the show thanks yeah, Jeff thank you Jeff Keighley thank you um, I imagine <laughs> they have to be working on a Control sequel um, they're also I think they that's just official recently, I, I think they're officially working on a Control sequel I think so it's not on their website but I think so mm-hmm. um, and then they just recently put out Crossfire HD and then the Crossfire yeah, X cool. story mode Yeah. It's um, and then they actually have a separate team called Vanguard uh, you can see it on their website. It, Vanguard is their AAA multiplayer-based team. Yeah, this is their games as a service effort, I think. Yeah, so they're working on some sort of multiplayer game. So they've got mm-hmm. tons of stuff in the oven right now. which Becoming a fucking household name, as they should. They're a talented yeah. studio. Yeah, it's 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 really, really good. I, I really enjoy their games. And this is a- I, I enjoy yeah, this is an interesting one uh, that they're working in conjunction with Rockstar on these, mm-hmm. who owns the the rights, I believe, to Max Payne. You kind of know what I think might have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Rockstar was looking at remaking Max Payne, and then they put out the remaster for the GTA collection, and they were like, oh my god, this we was can't, terrible. We can't do this This was anymore. a train wreck. We <laughs> have to put it's remedy on theory. this, because... That they were their games in the first place. Who better to remake them, right? Um, so I, I'm very, very curious about how this is going to go. And when the remake comes out, I'll play them. I'm, I'm excited for it because I, I want to experience Max Payne. In yeah, the best. Way uh, I'm definitely all in on those. That'll be covered in gameless in the future, no doubt. One hundred percent. Along with Alan Wake Two. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. For sure. For sure. All right. Alan Wake 2 is supposed to be much more uh, survival horror than the first one. I've actually never finished the first one. I need to go back and finish it. But <laughs> I it's too too scary for me. Too, you won't too be scary. That's okay. They're both. They're both. That's why I'm here. Scary. Ah, that's true. That's true. I got somebody else to cover that. Um, on a much more lighthearted note, Sega. Sega. They're, listen, no official reports yeah. on this. This is all kind of rumors, but confirmed from a couple different sources. The initial rumors was that. Sega was working on something called a super game. 
a triple A title where Sega's been uh, not phoning it in. I mean, they have like Yakuza, and I think they do they they have Atlas under their belt now. So like Persona's them as well. Like it all kind of counts towards like the Sega thing. But Sega hasn't put out a triple A title in a long time. If we're calling a spade a spade, I mean, I think the Yakuza like a dragon is is starting to get there it might be like their biggest thing that they've put out in a long while persona 5 persona 5 royale is big they're they're taking those steps but they haven't been developing games as such either these are uh, by and large games that are on a somewhat smaller budget despite seeing their success and um the initial rumor was that they were working on a super game super game is their internal term for their triple a games as a service game something that can in their words compete with a fortnite style game where it lives it breathes it's got downloadable content it's a game with good bones that can be expanded upon it was then revealed that super game is not a single game it's a new mission that they're undertaking and that they're developing four different super games the two games that are confirmed arguably confirmed are rumored to be in development at super as super games warm my fucking heart to its core as a dreamcast diehard we're looking at a new entry in jet grind jet set radio and crazy taxi have you ever played either of these video games i made you play crazy taxi on stream recently yeah we played crazy taxi on uh the ps now recently mm-hmm. but i've never played jet set radio and i know frighteningly little about it so jet set radio is really weird it's like a uh cell shaded 3d graffiti sports game you play as like a selectable main character on rollerblades and you run around a level almost like a tony hawk style level where you've got different layers and secret areas that you can get to and your mission is to like collect paint cans and then spray paint your like signs all over the place it sounds weird it is weird please understand this um but it is a blast to play there was a two of them jet grind radio and jet set radio which are both the same game, one in Japan and known as Jet Set Radio. They dropped Jet Grind Radio from the title, and then the sequel, Jet Set Radio Future, was out on Xbox uh, as well. That was a big Xbox. Like A lot of people know Jet Set Radio Future because the original Xbox, for a really long period of time, shipped with like uh, console pack-ins after its initial launch, and I think probably the most Xboxes that were sold in the world were sold with the pack-in of Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT 2002. Little racing game. So it kind of exposed this to the world. Um, really weird, unique game, but it's got its fans out there. It's got a crazy banging soundtrack. It's just so much fucking fun. And I know that there's a lot of diehard fans, and it's just weird enough, and it's just kind of in that, like, bullshit anime wheelhouse that it could hit really big when it comes back if done in the right way and then crazy taxi is like an old school arcade game it was big on home consoles as well it kind of had its time in the spotlight where it's just an arcade not even racing game it's just such a straightforward concept you're in a car you have a timer you use that time to pick up passengers on the seat on the street that want to go to a destination you drive them to that destination drop them off pick up the next passenger and see how far you can chain that with your driving skills really really fun video games and they're investing into them which is just so fucking cool um the thing that's interesting to me is that supposedly there's four of these things coming and i've got some theories on what the other two would be Mm. you got any guesses you know sega one of them is Uh, like a no-brainer right yeah it's gonna be mario and sonic at the olympic games get the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) it's gotta Um, be a sonic game though right yeah sure 
Sonic. One of them has to be a Sonic game. Uh, I mean, Maybe, Sonic yeah, Frontiers I, I is imagine. not this super game that they're talking about, but I feel like there is a chance that there's been a rumored Sonic Adventure remake for a very long time, and I could see that being the super game. Which, does super game, I mean, is it required to be a remake or like a remaster? Or it can it be a like new game? I guess it could be a new game. Uh, there's no concrete details on this. It's all kind because of... I think if there's a new game that they want to like keep alive, I think Yakuza might be the way to go because it's really yeah. blown up here in the recent years. I could see that being the um, case. Yakuza is a big deal. Um, Persona yeah. obviously could be Persona. gigantic as well. But it seems like if we're using Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio as like the jumping off point, my thought is like resuscitating older franchises. Um, so yeah. my guess is we're a Sonic game that exists and is good. I mean, I've got high hopes for Sonic Frontiers, but you never know. And then um, Virtua Fighter. They kind of dipped their toe in the water with that Virtua Fighter 5 remaster um, late last year that was on PlayStation Plus. Oh, and dude. It's it Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam and Earl, they've tried. They've tried. Toe Jam and Earl 3 on the original Xbox, not that bad. <laughs> Worth a go. I'm just scrolling through their catalog, their old catalog right now, trying to find something. Um, and I don't know a lot of these games, but. Yeah, I understand. Um, which, Let's talk about. Uh, curious, before we scoot on away from Sega, what about the Sonic Origins fiasco? Yeah, I thought about making this one of the news stories that I covered, but let's get into it a little bit. Um, I know it's a little off our radar, but it's not really um, that far off my radar. Um, yeah. Let me, let me start by saying that I really love Sonic video games. Like I, un, I, I'm not ashamed to say how much I enjoy them. Um, it comes from like being a Genesis kid. When I was younger, my parents got me an NES, then a Sega Genesis and not a Super Nintendo and then a Nintendo 64. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. I got some Mario and I got some Sonic into my life. And I've played, I mean, I've played, I think, every fucking Sonic video game that's ever come out. And what Sonic Origins is, is it's Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Sonic CD remastered and bundled into a package. It should be a very straightforward deal. And instead, they decided to needlessly complicate Sonic Origins as just the most absurd package that has ever been created. Um, the way that they did this was by having... A standard edition and a deluxe edition for forty dollars screenshot of it and forty five dollars. And let me tell you, it is insane. Oh yeah, I got this up right now. So the problem is is that if they would have just had a standard edition and a deluxe edition, the five dollar price increase would have included this, 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 and this. But instead they needlessly complicated it and made this fucking grid of of absolute nightmares that I do not understand it to this day. It's 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 not that it's needlessly complicated is the thing. If you're not familiar, just go to origins.sonicthehedgehog.com and you can look at their official messaging as far as like when you click pre-order what they want you to buy. And it's just so needlessly complicated and stupid. And honestly, they're charging $40 for four games that have been available on so many different consoles in so many different ways. The remaster is not that impressive. It's not like it's getting rebuilt from the ground up. It's slight enhancements. And then they're calling these things for like features from like the standard game is just like main game. And then you get a hundred bonus coins with the pre-order mirror mode with the pre-order and a letterbox background with the pre-order with your deluxe edition, you get hard missions. 
you get character animation in the main menu what does camera that controls mean? over the main menu and character animations during music islands these don't sound like fucking features they sound like things that they could scrape out of the main game and then get five extra dollars for it it's just it's honestly it's all very bizarre and and the the weird thing is they have five different columns of their pre-order chart and two of for them just say coming the soon they're they're yeah, basically for- like it it's so fucking stupid because they all use the same exact the first four options all use the same exact cover art and then the last one the deluxe edition includes everything but they don't have yeah. any like visual indicator that the classic music pack and the premium fun pack are just DLC things. And then the start dash pack is your pre-order bonus. The just messaging is like very confused and they just completely missed the fucking mark. It's so much more easy to understand if you just show off here's Sonic Origins, here's the two DLC packs, here's what you get for pre-ordering. If you get the digital deluxe edition and pre-order it, you get everything. Like I just explained It'll- it in fucking 10 <laughs> seconds better than their convoluted menu does. It also looks like a like the visual, like the graphic of it, looks like it was made by like a high schooler that just learned. How I could, to make I, music, yeah, I so. could put it together pretty good. <laughs> like, I've, and you guys see how I'm incredible sure. the gameless layout if you're watching the video <laughs> format of this is. <laughs> I I just do not understand this at all, and I'm like, sure, I don't know. Yeah, but it's bizarre. All wild. right. Let's talk about something that like fired me up, man. I didn't even, I didn't have it. I'm in sorry, yeah. like, I didn't chill even out, want to talk about it. I do, I do love, like I love Sonic and it just gets me so angry. Like stupid little things like that just piss me off for no reason. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, it reasonably so. It's so dumb. Yeah. Oh my God. They have a baby Sonic poster on their website. Baby Sonic. Dude. Holy crap. All baby right. Sonic. All right. Sky Dancer, you're up. Lucasfilm, Skydance, New Media. Oh, Amy Hennig, yes. Your yes, sweetheart. Yes. Amy Hennig is a genius. Um, so, with the, I mean, this is pretty short yeah. and sweet, thankfully. Um, but Amy Hennig worked back in the day on a Star Wars game called Project Ragtag. Um, you can imagine it like Uncharted, but Star Wars. Um, and it was supposedly shaping up to be amazing from all that we've heard of it all the people that have seen it and have talked about it it was supposed to be amazing um and then ea canned it like they can everything that's good uh yeah. they can this and 1313 and uh ea's <laughs> ea's exclusive rights to the star wars franchise for these past 10 years have been insane and and detrimental to the star wars game space as well yeah. um thankfully now that 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 contract is running out. We're seeing just tons and tons of star Wars projects pop up. Uh, I think there's something like 10 in the works right now from different studios, tons of stuff. Um, but anyways, Hennig is not necessarily reviving project ragtag. Uh, but that's the idea that they're going for again, from what we've heard is star Wars, but uncharted. Uh, and speaking of which Amy, Amy Hennig helped on uncharted. Um, she was yeah, she was the, the creative director for Uncharted, the original trilogy, which I think is her most impressive feat because I think I don't want to talk down because I think that she's obviously talented. She's helped on some really good games, but I think that there's like, I would say like maybe slightly overrated. Like people like really like, they're like, oh, she's the best I've ever done. Like she did like Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver and Blood Soul Omen Reaver? was her thing yeah, for a long time, which are like 
solid eights. <laughs> like, I think the best thing she's done is Jack 3, which is the best of the Jack games, arguably. Maybe Jack 2, I don't know. What about know. Combat Racing? Okay, what about Battlefield Hardline? That's not an awful game, all right? Some I think people hate arbitrarily it, that's an awful game. It's better than <laughs> Battlefield 2042. Time will tell. So, she worked on Forspoken as well. Um, but I, yeah, I know that we'll there's a lot of hype behind it, and I think it's warranted for sure. She's done some incredible work. But I don't know. There's like I think that the Naughty Dog troop there, like Amy Hennig and Druckmann, both, both get, I think, coded as these like incredible messiahs in the video game industry and i think yeah, time will tell true. i mean it's 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 not hard to misstep i mean just look at the last of us too dude jab i thought you were gonna let me just right, get away I'm, with that one. i'm signing off i'm signing off <laughs> uh she worked on electro cop in 1989 oh that's yeah that's the best game ever made we love that one electro cop no idea <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I, I want I want Star Wars Uncharted, of yeah. course. Why not? Understandable. So, understandable. We'll see. All right. I said I wanted to dig in a little bit more to a true nightmare. All right. Let me get my pillow ready. I'm gonna go really slow on this. No, just kidding. Oh, I'm gonna speed right through nice. it. So it's just like a funny thing that happened. Let me explain to you a little bit about Final Fantasy XIV housing. It's an MMO. <laughs> Colleen's falling Sorry. asleep. Sorry, I dozed All right. off. There it's an MMO me. where you can buy a house with in-game currency. You can't spend real money on this. You have to earn this currency in-game. But there's a that's finite good. amount of houses that you can purchase. And the problem that's oh. occurred over the past years is that on each server that you're on, there's only like maybe like a thousand-ish, less than 3,000 houses for all of the people that play on these servers, which are tens of thousands of people. And oh. what happens is that Basically, on all of these servers, these houses are sold out. If you don't log in for like 90 days or something like that and go into your house, then your house is forfeit and it goes up for auction. Not auction, I apologize. Goes up for sale. The way that this sale works is that at a random time in like a 36-hour span, you can just buy the house. It just uh, invisible switch flicks and you can now buy it and what it turned into was on each server at any given moment if you found a house that was for sale and went to that plot to purchase the house you would see a sea of like 50 people all just repeatedly clicking on the same fucking house trying to buy it at the right time and it was just an absolute time sink mishmash people would get banned for buying like auto clickers that would go and like do the action for you and just leave their computer That's on trying hilarious. to get the house it was a nightmare so they said, we got to fix it. We got to find a way to make this more fair. So in addition to opening up a, a couple more housing plots, it's still far from a fix. They introduced an auction system. So they said, hey, now instead of everybody sitting there and waiting, all you got to do is go pick the house that you want when it's up for sale, put your name into the auction. We'll take a down payment. If your number gets drawn, the house is yours. We'll keep your payment. If not, here's your money back. Go try again at the next auction. Seems all well and good, right? So they go out and they implement this new feature. And it's like a three-day opportunity for you to go and put your money down on a house that you'd like to go. You can only pick one option. And then the three days goes by and the flick, the switch flicks. And it's time to find out who won the house. And there's a gigantic issue. So what happens is all of these people that put down their money on the house have a RNG number rolled. So what you would expect, uh, what seems like a very simple problem is actually very complex behind the screen. But I'll give you an example of what happened to me. 
it was myself and two other people rolled to get this house. So there were three entries into the plot. So what would happen is they would probably roll a die or there'd be an RNG of one, two, or three. Whoever wins gets the plot, right? Super straightforward, super well and good. What happened on my plot was that this thing rolled a zero. <laughs> so oh. what happened was that there was an extra variable where for hundreds and hundreds of plots that went up for sale, nobody won the auction and everybody's money got tied up. So it has been an absolute barrage of frustrated people whose money is tied into this housing system for a house that they might not actually win. And apparently behind the scenes, it has created a nightmare to try to rectify. But if you're actually interested in any of like behind the scenes details, it's worth noting that there's this guy in Final Fantasy 14 is notorious. This is a guy, this guy is like the Miyamoto is to Super Mario Brothers as Naoki Yoshida is to Final Fantasy 14. It's a game you've probably heard Yoshi P thrown around from time to time as Yoshi producer, Naoki Yoshi. Um, this guy is responsible for basically resuscitating Final Fantasy 14. He's also the producer on Final Fantasy 16, which has had a little bit of news in the last week or so. Talking about yeah. Final Fantasy, he's brought up that that game is a little further into production than we thought it was, which is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Maybe more news on that next month on Game List. We'll see. But, um, if you want to look at it like a clinic of how to explain and communicate to your community problems with your game, this guy is the best in the business. Uh, a series of posts on like the Final Fantasy XIV website, it's called the Lodestone, L-O-D-E-S-T-O-N-E. Housing issues are there, and it's always a formal thing that he does in like a letter form, and he addresses the people that are having the issue and he's so apologetic and so transparent in the things that are happening in the game the bugs that are happening the way that they are trying to replicate the things that are happening to you on internal servers and their plans and time frames for getting things fixed in a world of games being released that are unfinished or buggy this guy is showing the entire fucking world how to do it. They are really, really worth a read. Even if you have no idea what's going on, the cadence and the demeanor that this guy uses to communicate to his fans is fucking impeccable. It really is really cool. And let me tell you, like Final Fantasy 16 is in very, very fucking good hands with this guy. Really dope. Um, two things. One, I, I, I can fix this, okay? You just go in, all right, and you assign the first person that bids on the house a zero. It's done. No, that's not fair. Yeah. So if then if it rolls a zero, then he gets the house. But if it rolls a one, this person who signed up second gets the house. Yeah, but that if you take into consideration that there was only a 25% chance that you would roll a two or a three, there's a 50% chance that you would roll a zero or a one. So that person with the one already has lost their 25% chance and should be forfeited. To be fair, what? it needs to be a thirty-three. Wait, what? what was that math? Give me, give, okay, so if you if you're rolling, if you roll a four-sided die, right, uh -huh. and it comes up yeah. zero, uh huh, then there was a twenty-five percent chance that it rolled that zero. That is going to come up zero. Yeah. So right? there's a twenty-five percent chance that it will roll one, and a twenty-five percent chance that it will roll two, and a twenty-five percent right. chance that it will roll three. So if you assigned that zero a one instead of a one that already had a twenty-five percent chance then they have now gotten a 50% chance against the twos and threes that have a 25% chance. Each. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying it's, it's labeled. People are labeled one, two, three, four, just scoot it up. So they're labeled zero, <laughs> zero one, one, two, three, three. It's not a bad idea. 
It's not a bad yeah. Idea. So then if it rolls a zero, it's just <laughs> there. But a um, really funny, weird little fucking problem, and uh, a wild, a wild time. Who you say he's good at communicating with his like community, which is great. Um, but I don't remember if you remember a while back. I don't know why this popped up in my head. Uh, you know the game Scorn. It has been. It was like a Kickstarter game that like is it Xbox a VR like, game helped. No, it's like a horror game that's like organic techno stuff, like hmm. all the doors and stuff. I don't think I like know organic. Well, anyways, uh, the producer, like the whatever the studio, uh, they put out a statement. They're like, "All right, this game's taking longer than we thought it was going to take. You guys just need to chill out, and we'll get it out when it gets out. Hmm. Um, just leave us alone." And like everyone was so pissed about that message that people also in the message they were like, and if you're if you're not okay with this, you're feel free to refund the game. Everyone was so mad at that message, they just had a mass influx of refunds because people were pissed because they were just being jerks about it. I do it. remember hearing something about that. Yeah, it was crazy. Wild. I read through a bunch of the uh a bunch of like the refund requests and stuff, and whenever the person was like yeah, you can figure out where to refund it on this page. And it's like... Geez, and they went for it. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just... They were jerks about it. I mean, it makes sense, but it's tough when you look at, like, the way that this guy communicates to you, even if you're having, like, a hard time, it's really difficult to be, like, mad about it. <laughs> like, it really is fucking impressive the way that he... I don't know the way that the way that you're addressed like you understand it's it's hard not to be um and it it's about like pr stuff right like everybody should reasonably know that game development is a lot harder behind the scenes like my yeah. solution isn't actually going to work but like if if people just go about it with the right attitude and like a humble a humble attitude then for the most part Everyone's for sure be all right it's let me be fine are you all right with me reading like an excerpt from one of these updates i just went and i grabbed like yeah. he's had about 10 updates on this and this Go is one it. from april 16th so this has been going on for like three weeks which is an exorbitant amount of time but imagine being mad at this hello everyone this is naoki yoshida producer and director of final fantasy 14 i would like to apologize for my explanation in our earlier news announcement which has caused confusion for some of our players in the news announcement i had mentioned that there are many patterns involved for the lottery conditions to which we've received comments such as are they manipulating the lottery method somehow i apologize for my vague wording which came about from my haste to publish a follow-up announcement what i should have said was there are many patterns involved for the lottery entry conditions my blunder was in writing this simply as lottery conditions the housing lottery system implemented in 6.1 uses a plain randomization method and conducts a simple process regardless of lottery conditions this is another probably three pages worth of text but he goes through and at the end it's in closing in any case we recognize this is an especially egregious issue even throughout our history of service as this is one of the larger additions to housing in the introduction of the lottery system our players were looking forward to we will follow up with the measures we will be taking to ensure the issue does not reoccur but for now we will do our utmost to identify and address the cause as soon as possible once again i sincerely apologize for the inconvenience this is causing and appreciate your understanding it's like being talked to like a fucking adult as opposed to being like spoken at by like a PR person on a stage. It really goes a really fucking long way. It feels like you can tell that this dude cares about his video game in a fucking deep way. And it makes all the difference when there's problems. 
You wrote if the yeah. Fortnite if the Fortnite had a housing <laughs> the Fortnite company, Epic Games had a housing <laughs> issue like that. You know what would it be like? Oh my god, a shit show. Can I read a excerpt of the Scorn update just to give yeah a, you may. Like a contrast? Uh, it's it's again it's a very long one, um, but I'll just start off with the first paragraph. It says, "Hello everyone. In this update, we will highlight the most common issues people have regarding this project and the reason behind some of our decisions. We have addressed some of these issues before, but we will repeat them once more because if you want to create something ambitious and consciously, or not so much, bite on something you can barely chew, scope and production wise, especially the first time around, you have to set up priorities and keep uh, less important things to a minimum." Uh, what have we been doing since the trailer released last October? There's no big revelation here. We're just developing the game, and there's nothing more to it than that. A year is not that big of a period when it comes to game development, and some people really, really dislike us staying silent for really long times. It's that way by design for a few reasons. The only thing that will get the game out the door faster is concentrating all the effort on development. That is our main priority. And it goes on, and it's... Fuck off is what they're saying. It's... Yeah, it's considerably more hostile throughout. And then all the comments on this thing is like, yeah, I don't like this tone. Can I get a refund? And it's like, hello, please check your inbox for more details on the refund. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's just for sure. terrible. Real nightmare. Speaking of nightmares, have I got one for you? I'll make this one quick as well. Yuji Naka. <laughs> oh, no, this and isn't a nightmare. I like this. Balan Wonderworld. He looks so sweet, man. I feel like he's super kind. I've heard he's kind of a prick, but that's oh. besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, he sure helped create Sonic. Um, Yuji Naka revealed through a series of fucking... a tirade of tweets last week that the development of Balan Wonderworld was a fucking nightmare for him. And it ended six months before the project was released with him being removed from the project, which he then brought square Enix to court over and was released basically without his consent, his blessing and his development over the last six months, which maybe results in why it's such a fucking nightmare of a game to play. Maybe, but um, according to scorn, uh, a year is not much time. And that's true. That's seems, true. Imagine so... what six months is. So it was um, terrible. Anyway, the big takeaway quote here is that at the end of his fucking tirade, his quote is square Enix and Arzest are companies that do not care about games and game fans. The long and short of it is that apparently Yuji Naka thought that this game needed a little bit more time in the oven and was not happy with the direction that these two companies were taking with the promotion for the game. He had issues with people that were becoming early fans sharing art in Square Enix not wanting to retweet that, which is a time-honored tradition from Square Enix. They like their own artists to do the art, and they don't really love or embrace the community's like love for Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, despite it being something that is hugely popular and people draw quite a bit. You won't often see that kind of stuff pop up in... um any sort of like official capacity. Uh, but there was also an issue with like the music in the game where the original composer made the theme to the game. And then instead of using that theme, they brought a YouTuber's rendition of the theme into the game's trailer so that there was basically this guy had been 
hired to create the theme and instead he was kind of credited as like a ghostwriter of the theme as opposed to using like his original version which really rubbed him the wrong way so he wanted more time to develop the game and more creative control over it and realized he wasn't getting it they didn't like the way that he was handling it and they pulled him off the project and he brought him to court <laughs> he said this is my fucking ballon company that you guys hired me to run and it's becoming a nightmare and there's you know stunningly small details there's been no comment from square enix whatsoever just him kind of popping off but really really weird series of events that transpired leading to a pretty mediocre video game which i am now extremely interested to try <laughs> i really want that hat that he's wearing yeah it is a fucking flex pretty cool um one more thing before we move into like the upcoming stuff. I forgot to tell you to add it to the this stuff today, but uh PlayStation released their variable refresh rate update. Yeah, how was that? Um Yeah, so uh for people VR, that might not know, like I don't know me, the fuck yeah. is variable refresh rate? So, I've actually been thinking about how to explain it the simplest way possible. So, <laughs> I'll I'll give it the most boiled down uh pictures go fast sometimes yeah so um imagine your console is outputting frames and your tv's receiving them okay and they're playing patty cake together okay so if you're in sync with patty cake everything goes fine you know you clap your hands whatnot but if your playstation slows down just a little bit then your tv goes to hit the next time it goes to receive that next frame and your playstation is not there to have it so it gets a little bit out of sync so that's where you get like screen tears from mm. um because it gets part of one frame like it'll come in get part of one frame as it's leaving and get part of another frame as it's coming in so variable refresh rate what it does is it has your console and your tv communicate and if your console slows down then your TV also slows down to stay in sync with the patty cake. That's pretty cool. Um, and honestly, yeah. a pretty good explanation. <laughs> nice work. I, I hope. I hope. You can also think of it like if you're sitting at a stop sign. I'm sure you've all sat at like a stoplight or something and you've seen people's blinkers blinking and they blink at different rates. Um, every once in a while, they'll blink at the same time, right? And then they'll get yeah, farther so apart and out of sync. And then they'll get back together, right? So that's kind of what happens with variable, uh, without variable refresh rate is when you're out of sync, you'll eventually line back up and it'll be fine, but you'll have that screen tear there. So yep. have you yeah, noticed the difference? Great. Uh, yeah, actually. So the reason most games are locked at frame rates is, uh, because, because of that, to like it doesn't that, want them yeah. to get out of sync. Yeah. So with variable refresh rate, you can unlock the frame rate and you can get much higher frame rates. Actually, Spider-Man, I played it after its update. It got Crazy. up to 100 frames. That's sick. That yeah. game is developed so, so fucking well. <laughs> oh, all the Insomniac games are just top tier, man. Yeah. They're perfect. Um, sure. But yeah, it it uh, y the developers can implement updates uh, that will help and take better advantage of the VRR. Or mm -hmm. you can just turn on a setting on the console for it to do its best job whenever a developer hasn't in, uh, updated it. Uh, another thing to mention, um, so VRR doesn't real—it has an upper limit of 120 frames, I think, based on like your TV and your console and everything. Its lower limit is 48. I shouldn't say frames necessarily; I should say hertz. Um, yeah. But hertz are just 
frames are just hertz uh, processed after all the end and everything. So anyways, it can go down to 48 hertz, which you can think about that at 48 frames a second. So VRR isn't going to help in games that are locked at 30 Got because it. it's below the lower limit. For that high um, performance, so only, baby. Yeah, pretty much. It's for the more frames. Give me more frames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For all of our frame yeah. snobs. Mm, not me. Never. <laughs> Never me. No. All right. But this yeah, is the it's, point it's in the show where we would normally be looking at like a half hour left, but we got like eight minutes left because let me tell you, mm-hmm. it's fucking backlog season. There is not yep. shit coming out in May. I'm excited for June because Mario Ooh. Strikers comes out, but even that's going to be pretty late too. We're in, we're in the dregs of summer. That's for sure. Let's it would have been okay if Forspoken hadn't have been delayed. It's true. That actually would have made a much bigger splash, but we've got some things yeah. to look forward to. First of all, we've got the PlayStation Plus games. Oops. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> first of all, we've got the PlayStation Plus games, FIFA 22, Tribes of Midgard, mm-hmm. Curse of the Gods. You know anything about Curse of the Guards? Gods? Uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. Um, think of right, it right, right. like Hades, kind of like Hades, mm-hmm. similar to Hades. That's a solid game from what I've seen. Tall order. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's on the level of Hades, but it's yeah, a solid yeah, yeah. game from what I've seen. Also, Tribes is pretty fun i've played it tribe seems pretty Uh, cool that was one that caught my eye when it was announced at like i think it was like a summer games fest or a game awards something along those lines um but it's like a hack and slashy procedurally generated co-op game it's very hard to explain um i actually dropped off of it because i couldn't quite understand it um and i wanted people to play with but no one would buy the game (laughs) so now (laughs) Now they have no excuse yeah, now that it's free, I'm hoping to hop back into it yeah. with more people um, now that and they have it. But it, it was FIFA really cool. FIFA 22. Yeah. Cool. FIFA 22 sure, is, for, you know what that is. There's, there's lots of people out there that really play these games like crazy. So this is I a huge one I think with FIFA 22, to be quite honest, though, and those people already have FIFA 22. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I don't that's know how many more true. FIFA fans are coming to the woodworks there. But then it's time for my favorite segment yeah. of the show, the shit oh, show God. at the fuck factory. Okay. <laughs> well, honestly, though, there's like a 10 out of 10 game on this list. You want to guess which one it is? It's got to be Yoku's, right? No. That's the only one I know of. Hydro Thunder Hurricane. Oh, God. You ever played Hydro Thunder? Never in my life. It's just like a, it. it's an old Midway franchise. It's like boat racing, boat racing, like super fast, arcadey racing, do three laps on the fucking water, take the so jumps, like find the shortcuts. Boats? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. More okay. like San Francisco Rush if you've ever played that. Hydro nope. Thunder is a fucking blast. Viva Pinata and then uh, some other shit we don't care about. I have such a pretty- fun time just shitting on Microsoft's games with gold every month. I wonder, this is the last month, that. right, that we're going to have this recap. I guess beginning of June will be our last month with the standard PlayStation Plus recap. I think things will probably drastically change from a messaging standpoint from them once July rolls I... around. I don't know. We'll see. I think yeah. we will probably need to end up adding. Um, there's still going to be monthly games for PlayStation Plus. So but I think we'll, there's going to we'll be more to that. go over. I think we're going to be looking more at like, hey, here's yeah, what's I coming think... up in July. This is what you get for PlayStation Plus. This is what you get for PlayStation yeah. Premium. And this is what you get for whatever the other fucking tier I is. I agree. I think we're probably going to have to add like what's coming to Game Pass and what's coming to PlayStation They're Premium so sporadic with those things, but we can start. They really are. It's not sure. monthly things. Yeah. But for sure um 
standard traditional releases trek to yo mai came out <coughs> technically yesterday uh may 5th which looks really good it's that kind of kurosawa looking side scrolling hack and slash game yeah samurai inside yeah that sounds right it's a good way to describe it um after that on the 13th of may evil dead the game big, i'm big actually excited month. for this this is developed um, by the people that make like predator right yes and it's yes. kind of like a dead by daylight it, sort of one it, versus four well i've i've watched a lot of the coverage from gi for this game mm -hmm. and it's it's supposedly it does a good job differenti differentiating itself from dead by daylight um in the fact that like the survivors can arm themselves and fight back uh it's it's supposed to be actually really fun um and i'm gonna check it out for sure there's also like offline mode where you can play with bots um it's a so saber interactive they've done world war z and world war z aftermath recently uh, okay. uh they did the remasters of crisis a couple years back they helped port okay. halo combat evolve the anniversary edition over to windows uh the entire okay. halo uh master chief collection over to windows so this so. is this is a big departure for them actually yeah it looks interesting it looks like they've done a lot of porting work and not that much for original work but Seems interesting. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. That's kind of where like Blue Point and Aspire yeah. got their start. Yep. So, for sure. From yeah. I'll games. check it out for sure. Also, um, Bruce Campbell, awesome. Yeah. Big big month for Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Sniper Elite Five. Uh, you ever play any of these Sniper Elite games? No, I haven't. But I'm kind of a sucker for World War II setting here recently, so I'll pick it up probably. Try it out. I've never had an interest. Um, but that comes out May 26th. I, yeah, I've never tried these games. I just want to try them. I think this is probably yeah. the best time to try them. That's fair. Last game of the month, the most important release is the fucking remake of Cow? K.O.? Cow? K.O. the Kangaroo? I think it's K.O. Like K.O. He's a boxing kangaroo. K.O. the Kangaroo. 3D action Why platformer, the? Dreamcast era. Honestly... Go check out the fucking trailer for this game. It looks yeah, way it better trailer. than it should. It's a nice looking trailer. The gameplay looks sound. There was a playable demo of it during like the Steam Next Fest for PC. And people that played it honestly really liked it. Um, I think this might be a halfway decent fucking 3D platformer. I'm really excited to check it out to be quite honest. And it's like right up my alley. I mean, as a Sly Cooper fan, as a Ty the Tasmanian Tiger fan... It's tough not to like this thing. Yeah. I think it's got I, a I shot. think I'm just more mad that freaking Cal the Kangaroo gets a remake, but Sly doesn't. I promise you don't yeah. want a Sly remake with this budget. <laughs> but <laughs> Um I don't look know. At I, mean, it looks, I, mean, I think it looks it good. It looks good. Yeah, it looks I more mean, that's than kinda, sound. That's kinda what I'm looking for, like a a spyro crash yeah. remake it's 100 percent. it's like a ratchet and clankish looking knockoff basically yeah you know it's a b platformer and i b platformer i love fun, me man. i love me a b platformer that's for yeah, sure absolutely that's gameless baby game late late month our shortest episode yet i think probably that's yeah. okay yeah we'll just throw cups. in some of our outshoots yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah, sure. We're going to attach the whole Outer Wild spoiler cast to the end of this one, too. Four <laughs> yeah. and a half hours. Hey, guys, this is a really long <laughs> podcast today. Sorry. 
Classic. All right. Give him your plugs, Colin. Uh, so on Twitch and Twitter, I am Colleen underscore K A U L I N E underscore. Uh, and then on YouTube, I'm just Colleen K A U L I N E. Uh, if you find one of my socials, you'll kind of find all of them because they're all linked together. So mm-hmm. I'm Jake Twitchin, and I'm Jake Twitchin fucking everywhere. Real easy to find me. Yeah. Please like and subscribe and rate our podcast. I think I made a Do plea it. last time that I was like a really good call. If you found us in one place, if you found me, go find Colleen. If you found Game List, go find me. Any sort of combination of just going and clicking our link somewhere else please go do it. If you hit a yeah. five-star review, if you leave a comment on YouTube, if you just give it a fucking thumbs up, you tell a friend, you're doing us a big service because, listen. Huge. At this point, looking at the numbers between our podcasts, listeners, and our views on YouTube and like the circles that we're in and where this thing is put out, this thing is a little bigger than I think we both thought it would be. I think we're pulling in like at this point... To be transparent, we're pulling in at least dozens of listeners, and I think, honestly, probably around 100 at this point, which is super impressive that that many people are clicking through and listening through between all the platforms. So we appreciate anybody that's lasted this long into our little podcast and come through every month to hear what we're doing or pop in on our streams. Yeah. makes a big difference. Am I forgetting to talk Truly about? Truly, means a lot. Anything I'm forgetting? Um, I don't think so. Probably. We'll figure it out once we end the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Just add it in the comments if you've got it. Yeah. Let us know. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.